Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm your first host, Nathan Ruppel. I'm the second host, Evan. I, I, I'm a host. I'm third host, Josh. <laughs> All right, and today we're going to be taking a look at the first matchup of the year when Louisiana Tech takes on the Texas Longhorns in Austin, Texas. Evan, do you have any thoughts about how you think this game will go? Oh, man. I think, you know, I started out by immediately thinking that Tech's going to lose, right? We're playing, it's our body bag game, it's our payment game of the year. But as I researched both for this episode and for the various things that I'm writing for this, that's when I started to get more optimistic. So I, I don't really know where I stand. I guess over the course of recording this, I'll decide officially what my prediction is. I'm kind of just confused and hopeful and scared all at the same time. How about you, Josh? Uh, Tom Herman teams play down to their opponent. That's my first thought. I watched a lot of Tom Herman when he was at uh, the University of Houston. Go Cougs. But I mean, what they lost or they won against Tulsa by what five last year? Yeah. And they like played that. someone else yeah. close. I, I remember. Uh, yeah, it was Kansas. It was Tulsa and Kansas were both one possession games. The idea that they play down to their opponent is definitely something that is on a lot of mind of Texas fans out there. I'm also pretty cautiously optimistic about this game. I just don't see this game as being one that Tech should be favored to lose by this much. This feels like a typical Tom Herman game. Whether or not Tech wins it is up for debate, though. So Massey has Texas favored by 24 and a half, gives us about a 5% chance to win. And I honestly think that that sounds a little crazy. They beat Kansas State by five. Uh, they beat Kansas by seven. I mean, these are close games when they shouldn't have been close games. So um, this game should not be close. Texas should be favored by two, three scores. But like in, in reality, though, I don't think that's how it's going to play out so nathan you got any thoughts who are they led by what what do we need to be watching for the name that everyone knows sam ellinger is the starting quarterback of the texas longhorns he's a junior he's already a heisman candidate for this year last year threw 25 touchdowns to five interceptions almost 3300 yards and only sacked on 5.8 percent of his dropbacks and that's just throwing the ball running the ball he was the third leading rusher on the team behind trey watson and keontae ingram he ran the ball 138 times for 677 yards Damn. even still he's mostly known as a passer he can rush the ball he's not afraid of taking a hit but he's a very good passing quarterback who just also happens to be able to run the ball well well nathan you're forgetting that in the words of tb aka the god sam ellinger quote ain't that good so i think you're forgetting that but for real though the only thing you missed there i think is that he ran the ball a lot i mean 138 times for a quarterback is i mean they're working him into the running game but really they feature him in the red zone he scored six 16 touchdowns on the ground and the two running backs that you mentioned that had more carries only had six so that's that's pretty crazy once they get close to the end zone that's where they're going to be looking to run ellinger who's a big guy he can bump around he's not great he's not going to like slide every time coming in other words one of the things i found interesting is that in some of the press conferences during fall camp tom herman has talked about the fact that he thinks that ellinger has been running the ball too much and that they'll have more of an emphasis on the run pass option and either to hand off the ball or pass the ball and keep him from taking the kind of hits that he takes a lot especially because he doesn't just slide yeah. and get out of the way right yeah if i remember correctly last year he had some not injury concern but there, he was pretty banged up just because of how often he runs the ball and so that's something if texas really wants to make a push for a bcs bcs ball it's not 
2011 anymore. <laughs> make, some, make a push for the college football playoff. Then he's really going to need to stay healthy the entire year. The team begins and ends with Sam Ellinger. Oh yeah, for sure. And if he's hurt, then they're pretty much doomed. They played what 14 games last year. He ran the ball 138 times. So I mean, that's basically 10 per game. That's that's a lot for a quarterback. They probably would not mind cutting that in half, even though he is so successful on the ground. So I don't know if that'll actually happen, but they would like him to stop running so much. It kind of reminds me of um, tech fans would be familiar with the fact that last year and the year before we didn't have great quarterback depth as well. And, you know, it was the whole skip was talking about not letting Jamar run as often and making sure he slid in his run so he doesn't get banged up because we didn't have any depth. I'm not exactly sure what Texas's quarterback depth looks like at this time. Well, Shane Bichelle, the guy who started before Ellinger came in and took the job a couple years ago, uh, has transferred to SMU. So I, I don't think it's a very deep room. I'm not familiar with like their recruiting in that area, though. So even still, even if they have a packed quarterback room, there's got to be a decent drop off after Ellinger. Right, right. Since this is the first game of the year, I really kind of look into some of their stats from last year and just talk about some of the areas that maybe they weren't so good, areas that they excelled in. And so I, I found this pretty interesting. They were not a very good running team last year, even with Ellinger in the mix and everything. The S&P rushing stats put them at 98th overall. They were also dead last in their explosiveness, which means that they weren't really a threat to have kind of the home run uh, running play, which I, I found to be interesting because, you know, yeah, Ellinger's a gunslinger, but that's kind of crazy. They were 130th in explosiveness on running plays. UTEP was better than them in, in explosiveness on running plays, right? So that's, that's pretty crazy. One of the things I found interesting looking into that stat, looking into how bad they were on the run, if you look at who took the yards and who averaged what on each rush, Trey Watson, he's no longer with the program, but he averaged 4.2 yards per carry last year. The returner, Keontae Ingram, averaged 5.0. But because Ellinger ran the ball so many times and he only averaged 2.9 yards per carry, that really brings the whole team down. And yeah. But because the quarterback runs the ball so much, even if he only picks up two or three yards, a lot of times that's to pick up a first down or, or to get a couple yards when he really shouldn't have had any business picking up anything. That really kind of deflates the numbers for what may actually be a decent running game, especially with Keontae Ingram coming back to the squad. Yeah. If I can interject here real quick, I just took a look at the roster for Texas and the quarterback room is big boy Sam Ellinger and three freshmen. Four freshmen. Yikes. Ooh. So they need to be right. very careful. Yeah. So they may tell him, do not run at all against Louisiana Tech. We need you, buddy. Especially with who comes up later in the schedule. As a first game of the year, your job is just not to get hurt. Yeah. I saw a lot of talk on the Texas forums I was looking at today to kind of get a feel of their team and everything. And basically, most people seem to think that they should just come out and run base offense and base defense and just, quote, give it to us until we submit. A lot of people seem to think they were going to, you know, win 56 to 10 and not have to show L. LSU, who's their opponent in week two, anything from their playbook. I don't quite think they go that way, but it's good that they feel that way, I guess. Sounds like their fans are just Tom Herman clones rooting for Tom Herman, because that <laughs> feels like his philosophy. Don't open up the playbook. Don't do anything against these little opponents. Yeah. Air quotes on little, because I don't think we're little. But just... <laughs> we're a big boy. Don't worry about the teams that you're predicted to win by multiple scores, and that's how you lose those games, as we saw in 2014 with a certain FCS school. Right. I do not know what you are talking about.
no memory, whatever. So, so Nathan, you mentioned earlier that Trey Watts, who was their leading running back last year, is no longer with the program. He graduated. He accounted for about 33% of their offensive or their running carries. So that's a, that's a pretty significant loss. They've still got their number two guy who was, a, I think he was a freshman last year, Keontae yes. Ingram. So he is back. I do know that I saw he apparently tweaked his knee in their scrimmage this past weekend. So by the time this podcast comes out, that will have been a about 10 days ago so there should be a better idea of if he's going to play against tech they may try to limit him but he was seen walking on crutches after that so not really sure but the running back position is looking pretty thin actually are, are there any other key players that texas lost yeah so lil jordan humphrey first team all name yes their it's... leading receiver he had 120 targets last year caught 86 of them and scored nine touchdowns eight of 11 of the top tacklers on defense were seniors so they're no longer there the top four Four tacklers last year are all gone. Gary Johnson, Anthony Wheeler, PJ Locke, and Chris Boyd. They averaged 67 tackles each last year. And then also three starters from the OL. I feel like I've been talking for two hours here just listing off the players that aren't with this team anymore. Yeah, I mean, you got Ellinger. And you got Keontae Ingram, you know, theoretically, if he's not hurt. I crunched some numbers. Will Jordan Humphrey and a couple of the others, they accounted for 47% of Texas's passing game last year. So that's pretty significant. I mean, who's going to be the new guy? And we'll talk about some of the people we think are going to be their new guys. But couple that with having a totally new offensive line. Basically, everyone who made tackles last year is gone. They lost eight of the top 11. Um, I was going through that list and I was baffled by how many people were seniors on that list. So they're going to need to get their footing in this game. And that's what shocks me about this 21 point favorites or 25 point favorites or whatever is there's so many question marks. It just looks like a giant question mark. Yeah. We don't know anything about them. And to say, oh yeah, they'll win this game that easily. I don't understand it. You can say they've got these recruits, but recruits don't always pan out. They're like draft picks in the NFL. You never really know. I don't understand it. So basically the sentiment I've gathered from a few Texas fans I've talked to is at least on defense, They've lost a lot of production, lost a lot of contributors, but it's more of a addition by subtraction. Their thought is that Texas recruits high enough and has enough people in the depth chart that they actually lost players that weren't as good as the people behind them on the depth chart. I uh, see so the UAB the UAB are... <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> Texas recruits at a way higher level than UAB. Not if you listen to somebody that likes UAB, but anyway, <laughs> carry on. But yeah, that's just the thought from most of these guys on Texas. They, they lose a lot of production on defense, especially seniors, but the thought is the seniors weren't as good as some of these younger guys we've had that we've recruited, these four and five star guys on the defensive side of the ball. So that's you that's know, their set. Yeah, they've got players that will be great contributors to this program coming up. The issue is that this will be the first game they play in. If right. this was later down the season if this was the last game of the year or even halfway through the year i'd agree with that idea but all you have is the practice version of those players you don't really know what they're right. like in a game we've seen this with jmar people play differently in practice than in games and in games is where you figure this out so this seems like a game that who knows so nathan you got any players that on texas's squad that we should be looking for we just talked about everything they lost i mean they have some playmakers right we already talked about sam ellinger we'll obviously be watching him uh with bated breath uh anybody else that kind of stands out to you as somebody we should pay attention to we've said the name a few times already but Keontae Ingram really looks like one of those players that if he plays and if he's good 
that may be the ball game. Uh, yeah. Outside of him, they have a few other that are still on the team that haven't left the program or graduated or or anything like that. Daniel Young, he had a few carries last year. Maybe some of the freshmen that they have waiting in the wings or whatever. But this running game can really decide how this game goes for Texas. Yeah, I have my eye on two guys. One is one of their defensive back. Caden Stearns is his name. He was a freshman last year. Had four interceptions to go along with 53 tackles. So he is back this year. He'll be, I assume he will be their kind of lockdown corner. I did also see, though, in that same article about Keontae Ingram that he was also seen leaving that scrimmage with crutches. So he rolled his ankle. If that was a high ankle sprain, he'll probably miss the game. But if it just a precautionary, you know, put him in a boot, walk him on crutches for the rest of the week type of situation, I'm sure he'll be ready to go. But that could be interesting to see him line up against some of Tech's receivers. Like, will he just mirror Adrian Hardy? and try to shut him down completely. And then what will that mean for some of Tech's other hopefully emergent wide receivers? The other player that I have my eye on is their wide receiver, Colin Johnson. He oh, was... That's a good one. Yeah, he was Ellinger's number two target. But, you know, the number one target we already mentioned was Will Jordan Humphrey. He's gone. So Colin Johnson's really going to be the guy, I think, moving forward this year. And he's getting a lot of praise and a lot of attention from, like, pro scouts and stuff like that. So this guy's going to be the real deal. He's going into a senior season with a lot to prove you know he he wants to establish that he can be the guy and, and potentially find his way into the NFL draft so um, I think that'll also be a fun matchup to watch because I expect Tech will try to play a meek on him at any given opportunity but the word from Texas fall camp is that they've been moving the wide receivers around to different positions so they've been experimenting with Johnson who's normally an outside receiver they've been experimenting with putting him in the slot and a meek doesn't traditionally cover the slot so yeah let's go ahead and move on to our predictions of how we think this game will go so Evan how do you think Tech can win this game well, I, I think we've pretty much already hinted at this, right? Texas has a, basically a new team. I mean, they're they're replacing a lot of production on offense and almost all their production on defense. So I think the key for Tech to be able to come out on top in this game is to not allow Texas to establish themselves. Don't let them get their footing and figure things out as they go. That's what Texas wants, right? They're expecting Louisiana Tech pushover. They're paying us, you know, $1.2 million or whatever. They expect to be able to come out and just tune up. They want to figure things out going into their air quotes, real game against LSU the following week. So I think that the key is to not let them do that. Get in Ellinger's face. Don't let their offensive line, which is, again, a totally new unit with, you know, only practice under their belt. Don't let them get cohesion in, in game. When it comes to like Tech's offense, you got to just come out and be able to move the ball. And I know we watched the end of the regular season last year and that seems impossible, but we really have players that have a lot of experience. Hardy's a guy with a ton of experience in game game. Jamar's got tons of experience. So they just need to come out and, and play like they're the, the team that they are. I think that's the key to to Tech winning. Uh, what, what about you guys? Yeah, you cover Texas pretty well. I'll go ahead and say some things for Tech. Because really, it's up to Jamar. Which version yeah. of Jamar are we going to see in this game? He's been good before. He's been bad before. Tech can win this game if just Jamar performs to the level that we know he can. Especially with the weapons he has this year. Adrian Hardy's back. Hopefully Graham is able to solidify himself as not just a great wide receiver in practice, but also on the field. The weapons are really there, but can Jamar pull it off? That's the big question. So I'm going to take a little bit of a different look at it. I know we've talked about individual players and how, you know, we, we do need Jamar to step up, but I have a lot of faith in Jamar playing. He played well against LSU. Maybe not initially right out the gate, but he got his game together 
and had two great quarters. So my thought is, like you said, Texas is going to come into this game and try to play pretty vanilla, keep it real simple, try to get established in the base rhythms and try not to show anything away. I think Tech needs to come out and almost do the opposite as it comes to coaching and play calling. You can't go against a team like this and just, you know, expect your vanilla runs up the middle and just simple passing place to do anything. You need to come out there and, you know, throw everything you can. You can't be timid with your play calling. You got to you got to go for it, especially on defense as well. You can't just be sitting back waiting in coverage or playing it safe, I guess, trying to like bend, not break. You got to be going, you know, all out from the get go with the play calling, I believe, especially playing against yeah. a team with as much talent is this yeah that's that's a great point so transitioning uh to a more pessimistic view nathan how do you think tech can lose this game? yeah i think it's pretty easy to lose a game that you're the other team is favored by 21 points but really the way tech loses this game is if the defense just isn't ready yeah. diaco looks like the real deal a defensive coordinator he looks like he has everything together and is going to be ready to go with the defense but it's possible his scheme just isn't in place maybe willie baker isn't ready to play the outside linebacker position a million different things can happen but if the defense isn't cohesive and isn't there together then this game just isn't winnable especially if Ellinger shows that he's the quarterback that he showed himself to be last year right and I think to piggyback off of that if you want to know how Tech could lose this game go watch the Mississippi State game from last year I mean just be completely awful on offense they didn't get anything going and then they they made Nick Fitzgerald look like a god out there so I mean and Ellinger is better than Nick Fitzgerald so nothing worked on defense Nothing worked on offense. But I think another key that we haven't really talked about yet is Tech has to establish a running game. If Texas's brand new squad defensively is able to just shut down any one area of Tech's offense and make us one-dimensional, whether that's, you know, completely rattling Jamar and forcing us to just run the ball up the gut three plays in a row, then punt, I think that that's also a recipe for defeat. So I think we have to be balanced, and some of those running backs need to step up. None of them really established themselves as, like, the go two guy last year and that really hurt the team because we haven't had that really since Kenneth Dixon was on campus I think to lose the game would be to be one-dimensional on offense and like Nathan said obviously we we lost our entire front seven on defense right so we could say the same thing we've been saying about Texas's defense about our own right like we have to get into that game and establish ourselves and figure out who's going to be the guy and can Willie Baker play outside linebacker and like you said it's pretty easy to see us losing the game just being out talented outmanned but i think really the the combination of one-dimensional offense and brand new defense will be the recipe for defeat if we do lose my general thought is pretty much aligned with what evan was saying about you know on tech side of the ball but when it comes to texas if they start slicing us up through the air especially over the middle or they start getting these big chunk plays that's going to hurt us a lot and that's a sign that things are not going as well as hope that's how they could beat us by 21 points they start getting these big plays consistently throwing over the middle and just shredding us i mean you expect going into a game against any team really especially a team like texas that they're going to be able to do some things and they're going to be able to score and move the ball but as long as you're keeping that to a reasonable amount, that's fine. But when they start busting out 30-plus yard plays on the ground or through the air, that's when it's very worried. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to our final predictions. Evan, how do you think this game is going to go? Well, at first, I was pretty all right with the fact that Tech is going to lose. But then, I, you know, we started researching it, and I start seeing all the production that they lost and all the players that might be injured. But I, I, I'm trying to tell myself, 
don't talk yourself into it. It's not healthy. You can't do this again. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Tech is going to lose 31 to 27, and we will score late and then not get an onside kick. So it won't be like super, super close. Um, it won't be like Texas scores at the last second to win. It'll be like we score with like a minute left and go for the onside kick and, and don't get it. 31 to 27 is my prediction. Man, so this year I've decided I'm going to be a realist for GTPDD. In years past, I was all about pumping out the sunshine, talking myself into 10 win seasons. I think I'm, I'm reeling it back in. Kind of like Evan, I'm reeling it in. And I, I I have a pretty similar take on the game. I think it's going to be probably a two-score loss, whether that's 10 or that's 14. And uh, it's going to be a situation where Tech scores late, covers the spread, ruins a bunch of people's day that were betting on it, uh, tries onside kick and probably does not get it back. So I guess my final score would be 34-27. All right. Yeah, well, I will go complete upset here i think in classic tom herman fashion texas comes out of the gate not looking great i think this will be the game that will make us think that jamar is truly the jamar we think he can be i think that it will be close it's not going to feel like tech is ever fully pulled away but i think tech wins it 35 21 i think this wow. is a, a game that wow. tech that tech is in control of especially if uh, their running back just isn't able to suit up i know this may be masochistic and i may be just setting myself up to get hurt but <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a way. I, I definitely see a lot of ways that Tech loses this game. Wow. But thirty-five to twenty-one. Man. They're the number ten team. I mean, I know preseasons don't matter, but like, oh man, I want. I wish I could believe. But that. remember, I'm, I'm picking Tech to lose to Rice in a couple weeks, <laughs> so you can't man. call me a homer too hard. I can't math. 34 minus 27 seven. Anyway, yeah, it'd be so great to beat Texas and then classic Tom Herman fashion. They just go beat the pants off of LSU the week after. Oh my God, that would be glorious. So one of the things we're going to do this year is talk about the Go Tech Please Don't Die contest. And so Evan, what do we have this week? All right, yeah. So for the uninitiated, the GTPDD contest is a weekly game where you try to predict some of the outcomes. So I ask uh, seven questions about the upcoming game. So things like... Like, you know, what the final score is going to be and all that kind of fun stuff. It's a lot of fun. You win stickers if you win the week and uh, you win bragging rights and a trophy at the end. And I have it on good inside authority that Daniel Adams, the three-peat champion, is not going stating this year. Wow. So, um, so, so, yeah, each week on the podcast, I will preview one of the questions to kind of give our listeners a little bit of an edge. We can talk about how we might approach. Um, so this week, the preview question is, how many incompletions will all players combine to throw? So Yeah, so what I did actually while we were recording this is I looked up to see how many incompletions that Jamar threw per game and how many incompletions Sam Ellinger threw per game. It turns out Jamar averaged 15 incompletions per game and Ellinger averaged 10. So my guess for this question would be 25. I kind of mix it with a, a mixture of stats. So I would have looked up the same thing Nathan did and gotten those averages. But then I also will be like, but you know, I feel like Ellinger is going to have a really bad day. So I'm going to add like five to that. So I'm going to go 30. Then, you know, well, maybe I feel like Jamar is going to have a little bit more rapport with his receipt. So maybe I'll knock. So I also go with a gut feel, which is why I never win. Josh, you got any thoughts? Where are you at between uh, like a hard, hard data and like gut feeling? So way back in the early days of the contest, I was a very look at statistics, look at similar opponents, try to uh, math it out on, you know, napkin math it. But um, <laughs> you shouldn't ask me because I'm very poor at this contest. Very not good. <laughs> and at this point, this last season, I, I it's pretty much just 
throwing darts at a dartboard and just going, that's a good number. That's that's probably just as good, honestly. So this week kickoff is at 7 p.m. Central Time. And so you got to answer by then. So uh, everybody play. Tell your friends to play. Um, you'll win a sticker if you win. So that brings us to our other recurring segment, which is our CUSA Tweet of the Week. Nathan, what you got? Yeah, so there's been a lot of mutual love among CUSA Twitter accounts and CUSA podcast Twitter accounts. And so one of the podcasts that's been giving us a lot of love, and we've been giving them quite a bit, is called the G5 Beat. They cover a lot of different G5 programs, whether it's CUSA, MAC, American Athletic, etc., whichever one ULM's in. But... <laughs> For a while, they've been running with a logo that looked like a dragon, probably for UAB or something like that. But this past week, they changed their logo to look like a football, but the football looks like a G and a five. It's actually a really cool shape. Yeah, get rid of those dragons, man. Move all the dragons to Seattle. (laughs) Shout out to the XFL. Go uh, Renegades. I don't know. Whatever team Bob's just coaching. Just just root for something. Well, that brings us to the end of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. Uh, remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at, at Go Tech Please Don't Die, but the don't doesn't have an O in it. So it's Go, G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. You can also find a lot more of our hashtag content on our blog, G-P-D-D, G-T-P-D-D.dog. <laughs> Uh, and, and our plan for content is to have game recaps on uh, every Monday. Podcasts will come out Tuesday. The contest comes out Wednesday. Thursday, we will be um, cold chilling. And then Friday, we'll have our, our game preview for that week. Yeah. So I'm your second host going first, Evan, signing out. I'm your first host going second, Nathan Ripple. I'm Bubba Sparks. Bye. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. But until next time, remember, go tech. Please don't die. Top 15 media poll, AP poll, wherever. Did I just drop out? Oh, did Nathan drop out? Awkward. Uh, let's keep vamping. Evan, uh, go with the theme song. Um, <laughs> let's talk a whole bunch of shit and then he can listen to this while he's editing. <laughs> <laughs>